This morning, uh, we're going to continue in our, our study in the book of Matthew. And we have begun talking about parables. Last week, we looked at the parable of the sower, the beginning part of it. And now uh, we're going to look at uh, a section that talks about why parables, why uh, Jesus spoke in these stories instead of saying things plainly. Let me read to you, uh, if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to start reading in chapter 13, verse 1, and then down through 17. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, a sower went out to sow and he sowed some seed. Some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But the sun rose and they, they were scorched. And since there had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on the good soil and produced grain. Some a hundred fold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. When the disciples came and then the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them to you. It has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. For to the one who has more will be given and to the and, and he will have an abundance. But to the one who has not even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says you will indeed hear, but but never understand and you will indeed see, but never perceive for this people's heart has grown dull and with their ears they can barely hear and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. God, thank you for this morning. Um, thank you for the blessing of your word. I ask that you would grant, grant us your eyes to see um, that we would not just see your word, but that it would change us. Uh, God, we need your help. We, we ask that you would participate with us now. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If you look through the book of uh, Matthew thus far, and you will see that Jesus has been teaching. 
He's been walking around gathering crowds, sometimes large crowds, sometimes smaller crowds. And he's been teaching them and, and doing miracles. He's shown himself uh, to be not just another king, but the king. And he has done this up to this point in the book of Matthew in a pretty uh, similar way. Like he, he's taught them clearly and he, as people have come to him with problems, he has fixed them and done so in miracle type form. And so they were gathering to him. And in fact, the crowd that had gathered to him now, I believe, came because of what they had heard and maybe had already seen much. And so as they were pressing in on him, we found out last week that they were pressing in on him. He was in the house, but now he's out on the beach. They're pressing in around him. And instead of being mobbed and not being able, he goes out in a boat a short ways and teaches from the boat to those who are on the beach. And it's a crowd. It's not a small group of people. We don't know how many Uh, But it is referred to as a crowd and not just a few. We see this. And so Jesus shares. And last week we looked at the parable of the soils. And and if you're here last week, you realize that as um, Jesus taught the parable of the, the soils, it was pretty bare bones type of information that you could have walked away from his teaching and going, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I didn't understand all that he was talking about. Um, He talked in this story, this parable, and I didn't quite get the connection. And undoubtedly, that's what happened when the crowds gathered in. And so you have this crowd of people, and we don't know if there was a break in the action uh, or if his disciples were out on the boat with him or they gathered to him or they pulled him aside. But you get this question coming in verse 10. It says, Then the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? Why do you speak to them in parables? Last week we uh, considered the word parable, what it is. It's a story. Um, it's the, the picture is to throw it alongside, to, to compare it to to put it alongside other things in life. And it's a parable that's meant to show some information about life. It's an it's a illustration, if you will. It's a, a story, just a regular story, a made-up story with a heavenly meaning. And so Jesus spoke to them in these parables. And it says that actually we look at chapter 13 that he spoke in many parables. It wasn't just the ones recorded. It probably went on for a long period of time. But this is what we have recorded for us by the inspiration of God. In verse 11, we see his answer. We see his answer. And the first point I have for you, and it's kind of hard to outline this morning, but seeing and hearing. Verse 11 shows us the king's prerogative. And I want I want us to get some... Even as I read this, maybe some of you are going, oh, I don't know if that, that makes me uncomfortable the way Jesus is talking about this. I, I don't think that that's fair what Jesus did, that he wouldn't share everything that he knows and just lay it out before them and let them decide. But the first thing that we see is the king's prerogative. And Jesus makes no apology uh, to them or to us this morning 
that he has the prerogative to do whatever he wishes. Uh, after all, he's the king, right? After all, he's the one. And in verse 11, he says he, it says that he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. He, he points as if it were to his disciples, and he says, To you, you know the secrets. You, you've been granted to know the secrets of the kingdom, but to the crowd or to those over there, it has not been given. Uh, most possibly as he was talking about this, he was talking to, uh, an unbelieving Jewish crowd, an unbelieving, rejecting Jewish crowd. They had heard some things. Um, they were interested in what was going on. They had, uh, uh, heard some things. It was kind of like maybe as Jesus came to town, the circus came to town. It was something that was a draw to them. But he makes the distinct, distinction and he says, to you, you have been granted the secrets. To them, no, they have not. He exerts his king's prerogative. I, I want you to get that. And, and as you approach the scripture, Make sure you never tell Jesus what he can and can't do. Okay? Not just the scripture either. To your life. too. Um, I think often we come to particular topics that are near and dear to us. It's the way we've been raised. It's what we learned in college. It's uh, the way we have built our family. And sometimes Jesus isn't concerned about our thoughts. He's not concerned about going along with us. In fact, he wants us to do something totally different. And that's the king's prerogative. And I, I, want, I want us to be careful as we go to the scriptures this morning that we don't tell Jesus what he can and can't do. And let's carry that over to our life. Let's not tell him what he can and can't do in our life. We are following him. We are his disciples. He is not ours. And so as he comes, he, he answers them and he says, look, it's uh, I'm the king and this is how it is. Um, I, to you, it's been given the secrets of the kingdom, but to, but to them, it has not been given. And then he goes a step further than that. He doesn't just say that's the way it is. But in verse 12, he says, I, I want to explain this more. He says, for to, to one who has more will be given. And he will have an abundance, but to the one who has not, even that what he has will be taken away. We'll get back to that. I know that sounds, oh, that, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. When it comes to the things of God, that's what it seems like Jesus is saying. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. And I'll, I'll let you in on it just so we don't get too far. It's uh, the ones who accept will be granted more. The ones who reject, even that which they've had will be taken away. We'll get to that in a, a, a few moments. Jesus says something very important in verse 13 because he tells us why. Why? He says this. This is why I speak to them in parables. I want to explain these, this, this method of teaching in parables. He says this, because seeing they do not see. And hearing they do not hear, 
nor do they understand. What he's describing there is this. It's not that their eyes don't work. It's not that their ears don't aren't able to take in sounds and hear words. It's not that the crowd before them had some type of impairment that came from their eyes or really their senses. It wasn't that that was the problem. It's that it never penetrated. It never went in. Uh, for some of you, it was it was kind of like math. You were there. You were there. But it never penetrated. It never became a part of you. Uh, you were... You're physically there in the class, but it didn't uh, become part of you. It wasn't something that you truly learned. It didn't change your life. And so if you can picture this, Jesus had been teaching and doing miracles and people had followed from time to time and they probably come in and out of the crowd. And now they're in a crowd again and things change. Jesus begins speaking to them in parables. And he says, I want to explain to you why. Because uh, that they see, but they haven't seen. They hear, but they're not hearing. And they don't understand. They don't understand. If I can say it this way, Jesus is saying, they have enough. They have enough. And that which they've been given, they haven't done anything with. This morning as we look to this passage, I want us to consider our own hearts as well. This isn't just about the crowd. It's about us. He says they, the point is they they do not see. You say, oh, something wrong with their vision. No, their vision's fine, but they choose not to see. They choose not to get it. You say, well, what else? He says, well, they they hear, but they do not hear. What's wrong with their ears? There's nothing wrong with their ears, but they choose not to hear. That that word choose. In fact, we we sang uh, one of the songs we talked about. um, I don't know if you like the song, but we sang blessed be your name. And I, I don't know if you know where that comes from. Some of those words. Book of Job. Book of Job. And if you know the story of Job... You know that uh, Job lost it all. And when I say lost it all, he lost all his wealth. How, how would you be if you lost all your wealth? Some of you are very wealthy here. Some of you, uh, pretty much all of us are wealthy. We have stuff, right? But what if we lost it all? Um, would we be able to still follow the Lord? Would we be able to con- connect with it and and in that song it says i choose to say i choose to say and and that's what's going on here but not in a positive sense jesus is speaking of the crowd and he's saying they choose not to see they choose not to listen you know what that's like where, where you just don't want to deal with it. You realize the implications of the message and you just go, nah, I'm, I'm not open to it. I, I push it away. Jesus describes this people and he says, it's not that their uh, eyes don't work, but they do not see. It's not that their ears don't work, that they don't hear words, but they choose not to hear. 
And really the concluding idea is they do not understand. Why? Because they choose not to. He illustrates this in verse 14 by bringing up the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah. Where he uh, tells of a generation. uh, And really this generation is identified in different generations, right? This could be said of our generation, Jesus speaks of the crowd before him and he says, let me identify these people for you. They're like this. Prophet Isaiah didn't know of these people, but he was speaking of them. And this is what he said. You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. And I I think this is the key, this next line here. For, For this people's heart has grown dull, grown dull. How does something grow dull? How does a knife become dull? Over time, right? But as we're talking about a message, how do we grow dull in a message? We hear it over and over again. But it's not just the repetition of the message that grows dull in our hearts. It's what we do with it. Uh, BJ and I were talking about the time of communion. Time of communion. Um, there's a danger that this would grow dull to you. At this time where we celebrate the Lord's death, His substitutionary death for us, that it would grow dull. That we would not become thrilled with it anymore. We'd just see it as common. There's a danger for that. Why? Because it's not a dull message. And yet Jesus connects this with the prophet Isaiah where He says... uh, This people has grown dull and their ears can barely hear. Why? Because over time, they've rejected it so many times. They've they've pushed it away so many times that it no longer has the impact. It no longer penetrates their heart. This is a danger. This is a danger for us. As we hear, as we see, as we... Uh, Jesus extends his hand out to us as the king that we would quit listening. That we would no longer be penetrated. It, It would no longer be a message that thrills us. And Jesus says to his disciples, for those, these people, this group that would hear the message and reject it so many times, they don't get any more uh, secrets to the kingdom. They don't get to learn anymore. They just get the story of the parables. As you hear this, I know this may sound difficult, but but Jesus isn't at our beck and call. We are at His, and He is graciously extending us the message. The message that He is the King, that He is the One. He graciously extends that to us. And for us to say... Eh, I'm not sure I'm buying in. Eh, I don't know. You know, sh- show me something better. And, and as you look at the book of Matthew, this is what they did. Jesus was showing them his clear teaching. He was showing them miracles over and over again. And as it, it was as if they were following him and saying, I'm not impressed. Show me something bigger, grander. Uh, somehow educate me in a way that will blow my mind. And yet the message he had already given, given them should have blown their mind and should have caused them to thirst for more. And yet for them, 
they had eyes, but they didn't see. They had ears, but they weren't hearing. So they didn't understand. Jesus uh, turns back to his disciples in verse 16, and he explains to them their sensory blessing. And he said, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and for your ears, for they hear. This morning, if, if you are one that understands the gospel, and you are one that understands the grace that God has given you, you are blessed by Him. You are blessed by Him. That you would understand your need for Him and to thirst for it more, that's a blessing for you. That your ears would hear and your eyes would see. And then he says this thing that's tough for us to understand, but it's true. For, for truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. You see, the prophets and those of the Old Testament, they longed to see Jesus. They longed for the Messiah. They, they hoped for the one that was to come. And Jesus stood right before them as the disciples were interacting with him. And Jesus says, you are blessed for this interaction right here is what the prophets and the righteous people before had longed to see. Their king. This morning, um, I just have a few more things to share. But I want us to understand this critical, uh, important lesson of, of seeing and hearing. I, I fear as a pastor that, that we come out of obligation. And it's good to do the right thing. I, I don't want to say that it's uh, because it's the right thing, don't do it. That's not my point. Um, my point is that we come and we come to God's word and we hear it over and over again. And we think to ourselves, eh, not that big of a deal. Eh, I'm not that impressed. This morning, I I just have three quick summary points for us to consider as we consider this passage. The the, the first one is this, blockage, blockage. Now, when I say blockage, for most of you, you're thinking of your heart, right? Right? Uh, from all those good things you've eaten uh, and enjoyed, uh, there's blockage in your heart. This passage, Pastor, this is one of Pastor Mike's favorite words, by the way, blockage. Okay, right? right. You like it, don't you? He does. Um, this passage can be uh, seen as a passage of blockage. That there was something in the way, something in the way of them hearing and, and something in the way of them seeing. And so it ended up that they didn't understand, that they stood there with Jesus. And they go, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, like, eh, he didn't make sense. Ah. Maybe some of them even walked away and said, I, I'm done with this Jesus. It didn't make any sense. The reason you get to that place is blockage. The, the reason you, you get to that, and, and it is not on the 
part of Jesus, okay? I think so often when we look to the scriptures and we uh, get to that frustrating place where I didn't get it. The problem is with you. There's something in the way of you listening to Jesus. And you you say, well, what is it? It it could be many different things. Many different things. Like there's almost an endless uh, amount of options. But most of them have to do with some kind of pride or self-righteousness. That you come to the place and you say, I already have the right answer. I don't need Jesus to enter into what I'm doing right now. The problem could not have been with me. It had to have been with him. That's blockage. That's something in the way for you to hear and to see. It's distorting your picture. And you say, well, who does that happen to? Everybody. Everybody. Uh, So often you're the last person to know when there's a problem with you. Hey, everybody under everybody sees it around you, your husband, your your wife, they see it. Your kids see it. And and, and you're pushing away, you're not allowing Jesus to and you, and you say, "Why? Well, I, I don't see it." The reason you don't see it is because of blockage. The sins of your own heart have rejected Jesus' input. And so you can't see. And it causes you to not hear. Sometimes you come uh, to this, the hallowed halls of Bear Valley Church in this very room. And uh, whoever shares the message, whether it be me or someone else, and you sit there and you say, I really hope so-and-so is listening to this message. This could really be good for them. <laughs> blockage, blockage. Messages for you. It's a private showing when God opens his word for you. It's for you. I, I want to um, I, I want to just explain that by two, saying two other things. What they didn't see, what they didn't see. So there's blockage. The second summary point I want. They didn't see Jesus. They didn't see Jesus. Um. They were standing on the beach. They should have been kneeling, right? They were standing on the beach and undoubtedly some of them in their intellect, they were going, I'm not sure if I agree with Jesus about that whole soil thing. If he understood farming better, he would have said this or that. Like they were intellectually arguing with Jesus, which caused them not to see Jesus. They needed him. They, they, they need it. Jesus was before them. And, and I want to be hard on these people and say, how come they were so stupid that they didn't see the king, the Messiah before them? And yet I, I wonder where I would have been had I been there that day. The blockage in their heart, their, it blocked their eyesight and their hearing. And what they missed was Jesus, the gracious king that extends the hand in salvation to them. They miss Jesus. The third thing that I, and I've already touched on this. What they didn't see 
was they didn't see themselves. They didn't see themselves. I want to tell you, uh, you can't even know yourself. You can't even know yourself without the work of God in your life. You think you, you, you know who you are, what you like, what you dislike, what your strengths, what your weaknesses are. You, you think you know that? You cannot know that without the king. You cannot know that without Jesus participating in your life. And you cannot have that unless the blockage is removed and the work of Christ is done in your life. Our testimonies go like this. I was like this. And I knew who I was. Like I was really confident. And then one day, one day, Jesus got through to me. And I couldn't believe who I was when he showed me. I couldn't believe it. Why? Because we couldn't see. Our ears couldn't hear. I want you to know this this morning. We're in the danger of the very thing they were on the beach. We're in danger of living our life with blockage between us and Christ. We're clinging to things, our own ideas, our own sins. That We're lost in self-righteousness, thinking that we're better than everybody and that we've got everything together. It's blockage. What it blocks us from? Seeing Jesus, knowing who He is, and seeing ourselves as we are. Please join with me in prayer. God, um, your son Jesus, as he uh, walked this earth and as he shared and as he did his miracles, at a point in time, he went to a new method of sharing parables because of the rejection of people, because of them hearing the message but not willing to hear of seeing what Jesus has done and who He is and yet rejecting it so they could not see. God, I pray for us as a congregation, uh, both of, as individuals and as a church, that we would uh, not cling to the sins that we commit and the sins that we struggle with, but we would have no blockage with You. And that You uh, would come and, and reorder our lives, take out that which is filthy and wrong, Cause us to be able to see our needs and most importantly to see Jesus. God, thank you uh, for the time in your word. Thank you for communicating with us both in parables and the interpretation as well. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd ask that the men who are going to help me serve come now and uh, prepare the table for a time of remembrance. As uh, as we share in this time of remembrance, it's a it's a physical thing. It's a cracker and a small uh, part of juice, and it it reminds us of something. Never reminds us of how good we are. It's never a picture of that. It's never us saying uh, it's so good for me that I'm taking communion right now. It's so good for me that I'm in church right now. It's so good for me that I've made the decisions that I've made. This time, this time, is meant to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. What He did on our behalf. 
that we would see and hear the message, that we would be undone by it, knowing that He has given us so much, that He has given us that which we could not earn or get on our own. He has given us life inside His Son. As we uh, consider this, I, I just encourage you, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, we're grateful that you're here this morning. We're grateful that you have come, and uh, we'd ask that you'd consider Jesus in this time. For those of you who are a believer in Jesus Christ, this is your time to participate. Not to think about yourselves and how great you are, but to think about how great it is that Jesus died on your behalf. This is what we celebrate. This is what we remember. As Jesus gathered with his disciples, they shared a meal. And at that meal, 
After giving thanks, praying, he took the bread and broke it, explained to them that this was his body broken for them. We do this this morning, remembering the body of our Lord broken for us. Jesus also took the cup in a similar way as he spoke of the bread. He spoke of the cup, but explained to them 
This is the blood of the new covenant he was making with them. We do this this morning, remembering the blood of our Lord that was spilled on our behalf. Please stand and join with me in prayer. Father, uh, we celebrate your son, Jesus. We realize that you loved us so much that you sent your son so that we would not die in our sins, but we would have life. Not just life for this life, but eternal life. God, thank you for your abundant love you poured out on us. God, thank you for your church. We ask that you would bless it according to your riches. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today. As you leave, uh, there's an offering for those who are needy in our church. I'd ask that you participate in that. Thank you for being here today. You are dismissed. Jesus